Mental Trap Podcast. You know what it is, man. Great conversations, great people. Social Trap Podcast, episode six, I believe. We just filmed a bunch, so it's just however it flows, but... Slowing with es- it. Yes, sir. Estimated about episode six, possibly. But <laughs> we with our absolute brother from day one, Chi-Chi. Let's go. This man, he, he, he the bomb. I'll be chilling. I'll be chilling. I'll be chilling. I'll be chilling. Bro, I mean, I met you a year and a half ago with Chaz. Yeah, And man. everybody there. You stayed at our house. <clears throat> uh, that was fire. And me and Chi-Chi hadn't really gotten a bonding experience until we were watching Harry Potter one night. And the word expecto patroma. Expecto patroma. That is the OG inside joke. I don't even know how it came up. I think it was just some something. If I explained it, y'all would just look at the camera or look at the screen and just be like, it just wouldn't be funny. But it was hilarious at the time. So... Moving on from that, because nobody understands what I'm saying right now. Expecto <laughs> Patrona. Yeah. Harry Potter fans know. Y'all know. Yeah, Stop y'all, playing. Y'all know what's Stop up. Stop playing. Exactly, bro. So, quick bio. This man leads yeah. worship. This man is a artist, a producer, a <laughs> disciple of Christ, and a brother. All of the above. So, starting out, bro, how did you get into... I guess music starting out. I want to start out with music. Man. How, and yeah. and your your life as a high schooler in general. Like you, when you were my age, I want to know what Chi Chi was up to. <laughs> <laughs> what, what you were getting into, bro. Was not following the Lord. I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, once you explain that, get into the story of how you met God. Which told, is like, Have you heard that story? Yeah, you told like a okay, short yeah, version yeah. at chapel. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you spoke at chapel and a bunch of kids got saved. Yeah. This crazy. Anyway, yeah. go on, bro. Um, so first part, getting into music. Well, actually, I'll do the save part first because yeah. do it in order. Um, yeah, man. So funny story. Funny in high school, story. wild story, actually. I was in high school. I was on the basketball team. And um, I had a friend named Miranda. She kept inviting me to, like, a youth night. It's like, yo, come to this youth night. It's gonna be, it's gonna be dope. It's gonna be hype. And I was like, mm, I'm good. Like I'm good on the church yeah. stuff. You know what I'm saying? And so, went to this basketball tournament um, Friday night, and the youth night was on Saturday. Played Friday night, and I get back Friday. And one thing that I used to always have is vanilla wafers. Yeah, I love vanilla wafers. Only the ones in the yellow box that say Nilla on them. That's it. Any other ones are trash, garbage. Yeah. Still, throw them still out. like that way. Absolutely, I love the Nillas. Okay. And so, Friday night, finish this game, get home, realize I don't have any left. They're gone. Mm. And so it's about at this point, it's probably like twelve thirty one a.m. And what do you do when you don't have the snacks that you want? And it's one a.m. You go you get, get them, George. Yeah, exactly. Facts. You get them. And so that was back when Walmart was still 24 hours. So I pull up to Walmart around 1 a.m., get like three boxes of vanilla wafers. Got to have a box for the tournament, you know, a box for the rest of the week. And I'm leaving Walmart, and there's this old dude standing by the door, super sketch, like (laughs) weird. 
Like, so, you think maybe he's got, like, a weapon. I don't know. Not even though. I mean, I was a big kid, so yeah, I wasn't yeah. worried about, like, <laughs> nothing. It was just weird. Like, I was like, bro, what you doing? You not? You ain't got no groceries. Yeah. You're not shopping. You just standing there. Yeah. And so I start walking out. I'm like, yeah, it is what it is. I start walking out. And he kind of, like, gets in front of me. and was like, hey, hey, excuse me. And I'm like. Ready to throw some hands just in case. I was like, Where, did you kind of get like, I'm a like nice, out yeah, but I'm, I'm a nice guy, but I'm the old man I was about to get beat up that day, <laughs> boy. He was about to catch him. And so I was like, yeah, yeah, what's, what's up? Like, what you need? What you need? It's like, hey, man, I feel like the Lord told me to come talk to you. I ain't heard no terminology like that before. So I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> and yo, this man starts like talking about my life, my family my problems, my struggles, as if he, like, knew me. And I was freaking out. And I was just like, wait, who are you? How do you know this stuff? And he's just like, I told you the Lord sent me here to talk to you. And he's just telling me stuff, y'all. And this dude was probably, like, 5'1", five, 5'2", five, real little dude. I'm 6'2", 6'2", and some change. And I was that tall already at this point. And so I'm sitting here crying inside of Walmart. This dude's just like, yeah, and God... It's just speaking life over me like crazy. And then the whole thing shifts and he goes, <laughs> he goes, yeah, so what's your home address? And I said, I'm wiping like, time out, bro, time out. You're not finna ask for my home address. What's your home address? And I was like, I don't feel comfortable telling you that. He's like, no, 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 no. Like, you ain't got to tell me your whole address. Just tell me what your house number is. I was like, all right, bet. Um, 1813. And then he pulls out like a New Testament Bible in his back pocket goes to Matthew 18 13 and it's about the Jesus leaving the 99 for the one and he's like yeah man Jesus is leaving and he's pursuing you and he's bringing you back into the family and I was like what yo crazy what it was so wild bro and then he just started speaking to like man he's bringing you back to the one because he wants you to help lead the 99 he wants to lead them through you all this super dope stuff. And then he kind of ended it and was like, and soon you're going to get a chance to join that family. And then he gave me, didn't try to like lead me to the Lord, didn't say anything. He just said, soon you'll get a chance to join that family. Gave me like one of them grandpa hugs, bro. Again, I'm, <laughs> I'm a whole 12 inches taller than this dude, just like crying in his arms. Like, yeah, bro, you should have get a chance to join the family. And so I'm like, bro, what? <laughs> so I sit him, I get in my car, I leave, he leaves, get in my car again, didn't even go in there to buy groceries, really weird, get in my car, I'm sitting there just like, you know, trying to cover up, you know, you know wipe away the tears, but I'm like, what am I supposed to do with that? Fast forward, next day is Saturday, finish the tournament, Miranda hits me up again, my friend, and was like, yo, you need to come to this event, you know, it's going to be dope, we're going to have speakers and dancers and rappers and all this stuff and I'm like I'm good I'm tired just played and we didn't win that day I remember but so I'm like nah I'm not trying to do nothing and then she said the magic words food she said we're gonna have free food there I said <laughs> what kind <laughs> you said what kind what kind what y'all got so we're gonna have hot dogs and hamburgers and brisket and I said we pulling up. Yes, sir. <laughs> I was with a couple of my, my friends. Yeah, let's pull up. Get there. You know, we're eating. We're hanging. And it is really fun. Like, we're having a good time. They had, like, a hamburger eating contest, all kinds of stuff. And then 
all of a sudden, uh, this dude, guy named Jerry Savelle, he's, he's speaking, older guy, and in the middle of that, he stops and he points at me and he's like, the Lord sent somebody to minister to you recently and said that he'd give you an opportunity to receive Christ and join his family. And this is that moment. Like this dude did a whole separate altar call for me and was like, this is that moment. This is it right here. Bruh. And I was like, I, 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 I couldn't. I know. <laughs> I say. bet there's somebody on this camera right now that's going to be like, they planned that out. They planned it out. Someone told him oh, who told I bet. him. Bro, there's going to be someone, bro. I bet. And I bet somebody was there that day probably like, yo, this, this ain't real. This can't be real. Yeah. It, bro. I was that dude though. Yeah, that was yeah, like, yeah. no, this stuff ain't real. This stuff ain't like that's, and it happened to me. And it, bro, it was wild. And long story short, I was like, yeah, like let's do it. I don't even know what that means. I don't know what that entails. I don't know how that works. What the is there a process that I don't know? But I like, I'm in. Like, if yeah, this, yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. All this stuff that is just so specific towards me and my life. I'm like, let's do it. I'm in. Yeah. And so yeah, kind of, kind of did that. And it was funny at the time. I was already like rapping. I used to rap and like do rap battles with people. That's we used fire. to rap at lunch every every day. Rapping at lunch with all the homies. Shout out to all the homies. Crowley High, and um. Yeah, bro. And at that moment, I was like, oh, man, I want to start rapping for the Lord and for God. And I yeah. was trash, y'all. I suck. I knew that I, I couldn't <laughs> rap. I couldn't rap without, like, saying cuss words and <laughs> talking about, like, crazy stuff. <laughs> and so every time I try to rap about God, it'd be lame. But then when I started rapping about other stuff, boy, boy, be going in. Yeah. And so I had to learn how to kind of shift that and stuff. And then to your second question, getting into music. So I did like rap and spoken word, got to travel and do a lot of that for about three or four years. And then I had a massive opportunity to go on tour as a spoken word artist and just felt the Lord was like, bro, if you do this now, then like it'll always be about you. Yeah. You want to be big and build your own name, not mine. And so I don't yeah. think you should take this thing. And I was like. Ah, is that really the Lord or is that just me? Yeah. And felt that it was the Lord. And so essentially, I feel like I got benched. Like, yeah. stopped doing spoken word after that. Called this tour people back and were like, nah, I'm actually not going to go. All this stuff, confused as to why, like, I'm giving my, I feel like I'm doing this thing for the Lord and he's telling me not to do it. And so for two years, I just didn't do nothing. Yeah. You know, kind of just served where I could chill, didn't really do any gigs or anything like that. And then um, during that time, just fell in love with worship music. Your boy went to YouTube University. Yes, sir. Learned to play, you know, got my master's doctorate, all of that. <laughs> Learned to play guitar. Got the uh, plaque from us watching hours. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Learned to play the guitar and just fell in love with worship, bro. And, you know, now that was probably 2016-ish, 2015, 2016. And now, like, I love it. Still rap. Still got yeah. bars, of course. Yeah, man. And so just fell in love with worship. Still rap. Still love rap. Still love hip-hop. But, man, I just, I love worshiping. It's really yeah. dope. So uh, when you said, like, you could only rap about the most out-of-pocket stuff, which I feel like a lot of people can only say the most out-of-pocket stuff, including me, bruh. Mm -hmm. Everyone who knows me, I say that some out-of-pocket stuff flat out. But I feel like that's a lot of kids with, like, in their teenage years bro i feel like they try especially when you get saved kind of in the middle of that uh -huh. i feel like it's hard to navigate where god wants you to be 
and where you need to be. Uh, so how would you say a lot of kids right now that are kind of on the, on the fence almost on how they should navigate what they say or what they're doing or, and stuff like that between what God wants them to do mm-hmm. versus like rap for like your analogy to, or an analogy to rapping about that kind of stuff, yeah, like yeah. even living like that kind of stuff between what God wants, really wants you to live like, like how would you navigate that, especially as a kid? Um, man, I would say to take a bird's eye view, something, zoom it in and pick one thing. And so for me, I remember being like, oh, I just want to change. I need to do better. But I need to define what doing better look like. Yeah. And so it's like, I, I can't cross the finish line. I don't know what it is. Yeah. And so, and I remember the first thing was like, all right, cool. I want to stop cussing. I want to stop using profanity. And I had a goal, you know, and I had one. And a lot of people have it and have talked about it, but I had a swear jar. And I was broke. I didn't even have that much money. But every time, like, I'd cuss or something, I'd put a dollar in it. And then yeah. it was funny because it got to the point where I knew I didn't have money like that. And so it was yeah. an incentive and a motivation to not cuss. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I ain't got money to put in there. And I had to like take the money and donate it to something or give it to a cause or yeah. something. And so it was tough because, um, I mean, it was just a way, something I was never mindful of before. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, I need to change. I want to, you know, I want to be uplifting and encouraging and all this stuff. And so... Yeah, I just pick pick a thing, pick one thing. If it's listening to better music, if it's cussing, it's just respecting your parents or your teachers or or your friends, or if it's like setting a goal and hitting it, just pick one and then actually grade yourself and tell somebody that you trust that can call you out if you're not doing it and really get on your case that you won't get mad about. Exactly. Yeah, I feel like even the perspective for kids my age, they don't. I guess. A lot of people in like not really understanding where you can't necessarily cuss in the Bible. Why is that necessarily a bad thing? Uh huh. So like, why would you say that that is something that as Christians and as disciples of God we need to stop doing? Yeah, and so in Ephesians, Paul talks about words and how we are to say things that are edifying. I believe it's Ephesians four. Uh, it could be three, but I know it's in Ephesians for sure. Paul talks about the words that we use in the way that we talk about others yeah in the way that we talk to others and just that no type of like slander or foul language should come out of our mouths and so which i used to have an issue with i thought the same thing yeah like why they're just words just and i had some friends uh like church pastors from like south africa and from italy in like cuss words that we consider cuss words are not a big deal there like they're saying words yeah. on on stage pocket, in the yeah, pulpit yeah. and it's and so to that i say it's a cultural understanding to where if you wouldn't say a word i always say if you wouldn't say a word in a sermon if you wouldn't say a word in a graduation speech yeah or an acceptance speech yeah then why would I want to then mold my life in a way that I wouldn't want to present myself publicly? Yeah. And so it's like, I just feel like there's going to be, obviously, let's just take a sermon per se, to where if you get up and you start cursing in a sermon, 
you immediately lose credibility. Yeah. And then you immediately lessen the impact that you have. Yeah. In a space. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And in somebody's prepping a sermon, even somebody that cusses normally, it's wild that the conviction that they feel in places that are considered, I don't want to say churchy, places that are considered holy or atmospheres that they know people hold, hold themselves to a higher standard. They try not to do it. Yeah. So then my question's like, oh, why are you trying not to do it? And it's like there's this internal conviction that comes that you know that it isn't good, even if you don't understand why it's not good. Yeah. And so I think that the reason that I try to refrain from is because the understanding in the culture that I'm a part of, which is here in the U.S., the understanding is that these words are bad. Yeah. And so I don't want to feed into something that society has agreed upon in a negative capacity and then start to do those things and try to have to explain why I'm doing it or potentially like lose my influence in somebody's life. So to me, it's not worth it. It's like, man, even if you get down to it and you can argue justifiably biblically that you can might as well use it you could do it it's like cool does your does the quality of your life decrease any if you don't use it yeah and could the quality of your life increase and the influence of your life increase if you do yeah and so it's like how do you weigh these things and make it make sense exactly yeah so obviously you minister to a lot of kids like that's mm-hmm. what you do basically in, in worship a lot kids my age and a lot of kids my age are mostly watching this right now what are some other things that you think are just slight things that i guess over periodically over a period of time a, a while kind of add up and kind of get you farther away from god that we wouldn't really think about that kids are getting in the habit of like for example cussing like mm-hmm. we don't really think about it as being a thing that gets us away from God. So like, what are some other examples of that that kids should like avoid? Um, What'd you say? Just like little things. Yeah, I would say bad company. Yeah. You know, and that's one of the things I love about you, Max, is that when you have conversations, it's easy for you to have like future conversations to where like, man, I want to build this thing. I want to do this. I mean, you're doing a podcast right now and it's, Y'all, it's legit like midnight right now. Flat out, bro. And my dude is out here knocking out three episodes today. It's late. We tired, but it's like you set your mind on something. It's a positive goal. You want to impact people. You want to build something. Exactly. And you're pursuing that. Exactly. And so it's like there's not a lot of people in your position or your age that pursue something bigger than themselves. Yeah. bigger than their school bigger than and have that mindset of like oh no i want to create impact and i want to reach people beyond me and beyond my circle beyond yeah. my realm but then have that thought but then actually do something exactly and so i would say something that that kind of works against that is man just how we're using and utilizing our time exactly it's like i love how iphones um android users we just gonna keep praying for y'all but i love how iphone tells you now your screen time yeah and it tells you what apps you spend the most time on and i remember and i'm still not good at this and so this is i'm not to my own horn or nothing but i remember being in a position where i checked it one time and it told me like the past seven days 
I had spent like legit had spent like 26 hours screen time Damn. in seven days. Wow. And it's like, and granted, like I work from home. I'm usually yeah, like exactly. doing stuff. And so it was like, oh, wow. Like I was spending essentially five hours a day on my phone almost. And it totaled yeah. 26 hours. And so that means that week, seven days, I lost an entire day on my phone. Yeah. In a week. Yeah. And a phone's a tool, hours. Too. That's the thing that people don't realize. It's literally a tool. For sure. So it's so easy to get lost in it, though. Yeah. And so it's like, and these, and 95% of these hours were on like Facebook, IG, you know, TikTok, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Nothing productive. It's not like I was listening to self-help podcasts exactly. about leadership or nothing. And so it was like, I lost a whole day in a week. And I did that math. And I was like, 52 weeks in a year. What if I went on that same trajectory? It's like I lose 52 days. Yeah. I lose a month and a half. Yeah. You know, and it just, it was alarming. Yeah. To be like, man, if I lose one whole month a year looking at my device, what if I even, even if I cut that time in half, if I had an extra, if you had an extra 20, what's that, 26 weeks of the year. Yeah. What could you accomplish? Exactly. And it, bro, if people look back. For 26 days. Yeah. yeah. Bro, if I'm, I look at a lot of my life, if I'm on my deathbed, right? And I wouldn't be thinking, oh yeah, I spent this much time on my phone for my life and I wasted this much of my life, but I was being productive. Mm -hmm. It's like, yes, I'm a very productive human being and I work super hard, but I still live, like that is living my life. Like I don't, I'm not like, oh, I'm just going to get on my phone for this many hours and be productive because I feel like that there's a balance there where you still have to find your life and you still have to live it because you're only on the earth one time for a certain amount of things until you're like off the earth. Yeah. And obviously if you're saved like and you go to heaven, that's way better, but I still want to have my life on earth and impact cuz if you don't live an impactful life, I feel like and if you don't impact even one person other than yourself, what is your life, you know? Like we are as followers of Christ and as people in general, we are born to impact. Mm -hmm. That is what, like, we don't understand how much power we really have to impact. Like, I feel like people chase money instead of impact, you know? Like, that's their impact has turned into my, I've kind of, through even through God, bro, like, that's helped me a lot. Impact, heavenly impact specifically, but impact in general has become my currency. You know, like, a lot of people structure their lives based on, oh, how much money am I going to make today? And they're going to run on that hamster wheel of money, money, money. And then, yeah, cool, you get bread. But what impact did you make? Like, my currency is impact. And then mm -hmm. I know the money follows See. that. And it's not like I'm saying, oh, the Im I get impact and then money comes. So why don't I just make an impact? It's like, no, I would be fine. I choose impact over bread every single day of my life. Because I'm going to say, how much impact can I make today? Because impact holds so much more weight than money, bro. Like, there is power in the world and power within ourselves and so i'm just like why not utilize that you know because we have so much power as human beings and we don't realize it bro you know? yeah. yeah yeah no it's, it's important to yeah live for something beyond yourself and be on mission exactly. for something you know and I, again like you said as believers obviously we know the mission that we're supposed to be on but the vehicle and the way in which god uses us to do it changes exactly and if i 
determined in myself, within myself, that like, man, I'm going to be on mission. I'm going to be influential. I'm going to be impactful and kind of let God do the rest. And like, you will end up doing something bigger than yourself. Exactly. And like, being passionate yeah. about it too. Yeah. When you put your life in the hands of God and something bigger than yourself, bro, I feel like people undermine how much change really comes. People don't trust it. You know, they're like, oh, I just want to stay in my little bubble. Like, bro, I flat out know kids that sit on their phones for, that's all they do. And just watch YouTube videos. Thanks for watching this YouTube video, though, because this will actually teach you something. <laughs> Don't stop watching us. But they'll sit on TikTok, Instagram, like, all day, bro. And I'm not saying, I'm not condemning these kids or saying you're not going to be successful or you're not going to make an impact. But I'm saying, what if you took that time and put it into living your life and living an impactful life? How much difference over that time? You said you lose 52 days. What if you could gain 52 days? it's crazy and even school bro like i go to school eight hours a day and if i were to do even something online or not go to school at all bro i would by three years i would have one full year because eight hours is a third of my day Mm -hmm. and so times that by three years bro i would have one full year back of my life and it's like that i take that so seriously and how i'm living my life in the time that i'm here you know and i i take it i take every moment so seriously because I really know that I'm only gonna be here one time and I'm going to die at some point, that is a fact. And I don't wanna regret, I don't wanna ever sit on my deathbed and say, I wish I would've done that. I wish I wouldn't have done that. I wish I would've spent my time like, you're not gonna remember on your deathbed that you were tired that day. You're gonna be like, oh, I would've done that, but I was tired, I didn't feel like it. You're not gonna remember that, you're just gonna (laughs) say, I wish I would've done it, you know? That's good. And that's crazy, but even going back to you, like you've impacted so many kids and honestly, I just want to hear some perspective on one, what that feels like having that much imp- like bringing that much impact to kids. Because even at my school, when you led chapel, you, so many kids got saved that day and their lives have literally never been the same since that day. And they've they experienced the presence of God and the love of God. And so going through and doing this stuff all the time, like how does that feel bro like and what are some crazy things that you just know you're doing and have experienced oh man um it feels amazing um one of the things and like you're speaking about impact knowing that you potentially can play a part in changing the trajectory or path or direction of somebody's life in a positive manner exactly bro can't beat it exactly you can't beat it. I have moments, even like me getting saved, I have moments through my first two, three years of following the Lord that I have stories of people that did or said things that the past 10 years of my life, I can go back and be like, ooh, I remember being in this situation, this season of life, and I thought about what this person said or did in a moment from somebody that I may have known or not known at all, maybe exactly. seen at an event once. But it was impactful enough that it not only, I wasn't only reminded of it, it impacted a life decision that I made later. And so I'm thinking, man, if I can positively influence and impact people to make life decisions that are in a different direction in a positive manner, then let's go. Yeah, exactly. It's just dope to know that that's happening and people are thinking about that and, and, and basing things off of that so it's pretty cool and you never know as well like bro suicide and gen z we were learning about this today at the conference even with that girl that spoke i forgot her name but she it's the number two leading cause of death 
in Gen Z, bro, or it, basically that. And so my thing is, if I see somebody as a Christ follower and as a human being as well, if I see somebody, I don't care if they're if they look like they're feeling good, anything. I don't know what that person's going through. That's a mm-hmm. fact. And so if I decide to trample that person emotionally, mentally, or physically, like, bro, what if that that's the breaking point? Yeah. What if that's the, like, uh, my dad told me a story one time about this guy he actually knew. Um, and so it was two kids. One kid was this kind of not like a stereotypical kid that just got bullied, you know? And so he was riding his bike to school or back from school one day back home. And a bunch of kids like pushed him on the ground, kicked mm-hmm. his books all over the place, beat him up, and then pushed him off his bike, everything, left him there, biked away. And it, this has been going on for like a long time. And then the, like, this, the coolest kid in school, like the kid that everybody knew and everyone wanted to be around, found him, picked his stuff up, kept, put everything in his backpack, walked him home. They hung out that day. They became best friends. This was in like middle school or high school. Mm-hmm. They became friends. And then at the wedding, the cool, like the most popular kid was his best man. And he got up to do a toast and he said, I, I never told you this, but that day that I never forgot where the first time we hung out, the first time you ever helped me um, from those bullies and helped me pick up that stuff and became my friend was the day I was going home to kill myself. And it's just crazy, bro, because that's such a testament to everything. It's so powerful because you just really never know. Yeah. You really never know. And, bro, it's just crazy. It's crazy that, yeah, I mean, we're just never going to know. So there's nothing else to do but be the best version of ourselves we can be, not only for ourselves but for other people. Yeah, that's important. And I feel like even you, like, you have, you know that you have the power to impact going into every single worship session. Mm. And I feel like that gives you so much energy and i mean talk a little bit about the feelings going into those things and just being like i can impact someone today and if it's one person you know yeah um when i finally realized worship was for god and not for people yeah it's like oh i can literally create an atmosphere where people can receive freedom it says in psalms that god inhabits the praises of his people And the word also says that where the spirit of the Lord is, freedom is there. So it's dope that like mercy is God showing up in in worship and grace is God saying, not only am I here, I'm going to bring freedom. Yeah, It would have been enough if he just showed up. But he's saying, not only am I here, I love it so much. I'm going to bring you something that you need in your life, which is crazy. And I think about worship, and I remember thinking to myself, like, God, what? You have everything. You know everything. You are everything. What? What's a gift I can give you? What can I give God? Yeah. God, like, what can, what I give can we possibly give God? And then you and think about it, yeah. the Lord was like, worship. Mm. Like, worship's the only gift I can't give myself. Exactly. And I felt like, I was like, what you mean? It's like, well, to worship something means to give reverence and adoration. And if God is the highest thing then like god can't worship himself exactly and so i feel like that's why he promises to show up every time yeah because obviously they're worshiping in heaven but on earth where else does he get that exactly outside of like us worshiping and so yeah knowing that it's exciting to be like oh 
as I lead worship, if somebody needs freedom and is desperate enough to just lean in and say, God, here I am, I know that freedom's attainable for them. Yeah. And that's what gets me excited about lean worship. Yeah, and bro, people want Jesus, whether they know it or not. Mm -hmm. They want some source of freedom. But the thing is, and this is where Social Trap, the name of the brand, came in. Because it means a situation where an individual or a group of people fall into a, uh, a situation or a choice appearing to be good in the short term, but ends up being fatal or, le or lethal in the long term. And so basically, I feel like people want Jesus, they want freedom, but they don't know that. And they're blinded by demonic spirits of the world, mm. literally prowling the world, yeah. going to and for, like, whatever and they don't see it and so they fall into the world instead to find freedom and i talked about this on the podcast with ryan uh he the dancer he said or i was talking to him about it daniel mcleod actually said this this daniel mcleod's such a g bro he said people he said this in the vlog actually which i already said but he said people go into people don't realize that they need Jesus, the freedom of Jesus Christ that he, that Jesus Christ can only bring. And so they do all the stuff of the world. They sin, they fall into sin, but that's not freedom because you're bound to those things. Mm -hmm. And instead of being bound to freedom in Jesus Christ, which is true freedom, but people don't realize that because they're so trapped in everything going on in the world. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I feel like you see that all the time, but what would you even say to those kids that are like, kind of like you that are like, ah, nah, I don't want to get into any of that real life stuff where they don't understand what can be real, you know? Hmm. And people that one don't believe it or two just genuinely choose to reject it. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, obviously I would, first thing I'd say is to give it a shot. Um, yeah, yeah. But I would say have a conversation with somebody that's in it. Yeah. That's been in it for longer than you have. And ask them these questions. Why'd you do it? What's happened since you've done it? What would you say to somebody like me that's thinking about doing it? Yeah. And really just talk about the joy and the reward of following Christ. You know, and I remember meeting somebody, an atheist who didn't believe in the Lord and was trying to convince me out of my faith. And I was like, fam, look, I've seen too much. You too yeah. late, bro. <laughs> yeah. I've seen too much. I've experienced too much. But was just like, man, knowing that this person's not going to heaven, it was just like, if you're right, hypothetically, that means if I die, nothing happens, then who cares? Exactly. You know, and at the very least, I would have lived a life on mission, trying to work towards something that exactly. would change the world for a positive reason. Exactly. But if you're wrong, yeah, and I am right, you potentially miss out on the opportunity for eternal life. Eternal, that's with the so, Savior. That's eternal so life. deep, bro. Eternal. And so it's never like, ending, bro. You can't overestimate the importance of that. Exactly. And so, yeah, I'd find somebody who's done it and just get close to them. I always say there's no substitute for close proximity. If you're around people that love the Lord, you'll start to see things change in your life. And it's like, 
you're either going to become like them or they're going to become like you. Exactly. And if they're really rooted in the Lord, then that means they wouldn't be shaken by things. And so exactly. you'd be able to learn from them, pull from them, be influenced, impacted from them. And that would, in turn, just change the way you live your life and the way you do things. So Yeah. How, like, I feel like a lot of people expect something instantly right after following god they expect something from the sky even like something mm. to something crazy to happen immediately which sometimes it does obviously but even the people who just step into faith trying to again give it a shot like you said earlier but don't know what it's all about and haven't really felt that it's real like what would you say to that man um emotions can be misleading yeah. So it's it's easy to have your emotions stirred up. Like you get hype at a concert doesn't mean like some supernatural is happening. Exactly. And so maybe it is though. Flat it out. is like facts in bro. a negative sense, but yeah, yeah, just understanding like your feelings and emotions and knowing where to like file those things and being able to pray about if you don't know, pray about the difference between. You know, is this an emotional thing or is this truly a spiritual thing that I'm feeling that's positive? Yeah. And start to like learn and pray and just ask the Lord to show you however he wants. That could be through a conversation, through journaling, through a dream, through a church sermon, through a podcast. Like, Lord, just show me because he's really in wanting to do so much, but is a gentleman and needs to be invited in. Exactly. So it's like yeah. invite him in. Whatever that looks like for you, take a moment and actually be like, God, I don't understand this, but I invite you in it, so interpret it for me. Yeah, I feel like people don't realize that God literally wants nothing more than to show you and wants mm -hmm. nothing more than to give you an encounter, but it's the heart posture, I feel like, Facts. in that. So, I mean, yeah, even kids also, because I was never, like, I pulled up to my first church service after being saved, and shout out James, the homie that brought me, he literally had to walk me through how to worship bro so like even in your words as a worship leader what would you explain like this is how you really worship god like what yeah and also how do you balance the reverence of god and the awe of god but also god being king but friend and the mm -hmm. grace at the same time so yeah yeah for sure so in john 4 um jesus is talking to this lady at a well a lot of people are familiar with the story. He's telling her about herself. It's actually a really savage moment of Jesus asking this lady questions he knows the answer to yeah. that essentially are embarrassing for her. And he tells her a time is coming where people aren't going to be concerned about where they worship. And then he says in verse 23 through like 25, he says, for God is spirit. In verse 24, he says, and for God is spirit. And those that worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And so that changed the way I worshiped forever. It's like every time I worship, I have to worship in spirit and in truth. What is spirit? Spirit is just worshiping with uh, um, an awareness of the presence of God, of awareness of the spirit of God. I'm worshiping in spirit. It's not just a feelings thing. It's not emotional. It's not like a physical thing it can be but in a sense like oh I'm, I'm worshiping in spirit in a place that is in and of itself supernatural and then worshiping in spirit and in truth and truth being my whole self yeah. like coming to worship not hiding anything i'm bearing all i'm vulnerable in this space and god saying man my spirit first coupled and paired with 
who you truly and actually are, I'll meet you in that place and do something amazing. And so knowing that I'm coming into worship and I define it in my heart like, okay, I'm worshiping in spirit. This is what that means in this moment. Okay, I'm worshiping in truth. This is what that means in this moment. I'm giving you everything. I'm saying everything. I'm releasing everything. I'm not holding on to anything. I'm like, God, whatever you want to do, just do it. Whatever is in me that I'm not aware of, like bring it to the surface. Bring it out. I want to worship in full truth and in full spirit. So it's pretty cool to just ask that question. That's fire. Yeah, and even in my second question on for the for a lot of new believers, they don't know how to balance. We, I'm newer, year and a half, almost two years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you balance the grace of God and God being your your friend, but also in reverence and awe of God and fear of God, the, most of all, and like that. I'm I'm gonna sin, but then at the same time being free from sin and completely holy as a human being. Like, how do you balance those beliefs? Because I mean, they kind of like Paul had his thorn, obviously, where he was like, "God, I can't hmm. shake this." But God said, "Don't worry, because in your weakness, my power is made perfect." Because yeah. if we were perfect, who would Jesus have been? And so, how do you balance that with like, oh yeah, we just fall into sin with you? you can't sin like flat out because it separates you from God in fear of God and reverence of God. Like how do you balance that? It's, uh, I just love that question because it's like associating, um, it's even comparable to like relationships in your actual life to where even though like my wife is my wife all the time, there's also moments where she's my friend. Yeah. And I have moments where I'm like, I just want to laugh. And there's moments where it's like, I just need to pray. Yeah. And so I think it's a benefit to us knowing that God can literally be whatever we need him to be. And he is that already. Yeah. And so in worship, I have moments where I'm like, man, I'm just so in awe of you. I don't want anything. I'm not praying for anything. I'm not believing for something to happen. I'm simply just here with you. And if the only relationship that God describes and compares us with him is a husband and a wife, yeah. I always say, man, hey, if I only talk to my wife on Sunday mornings and didn't talk to her at all the rest of the week, my marriage would be trash. Yeah. If I only ever said romantic things to my wife 24-7 and never said or did anything else, it'd be trash. Yeah. There'd be no practical things. There'd be no friendship, no laughter. If I only just laughed. And didn't have, you know, any like romantic or intentional intimate moments with her. My marriage would also be trash. Yeah. And so it's about building a relationship with God to where you recognize those moments that he wants to pour into me and love on me. And moments that he just wants me to enjoy him. Yeah. And so I think about it through the lens of like marriage, which opened my eyes to so much. Like, oh, this is what it's like to build a relationship with God. Yeah. To know that there's different moments and seasons I can have with him. That'll mean something different than, you know, when I'm in worship and I'm intimate and I'm crying out and I'm in reverence and in all that. It's like, it's cool how you can kind of find that balance too. Yeah, facts. And even to us, us youngins, you know, young mm-hmm. men out here especially, to have those things where it's like, ah. Oh, God tells me not to do this, but obviously that's our natural human reaction to it. Like to seeing a shoddy that's bad. Like how do For you sure. like how do you I guess balance that where it's like I'm faithful to God, but then at the same time it's like 
you know, Shut you know what back. I'm saying? Kind of I feel rant. like the I feel like pursuing somebody's not sinful. Obviously, there's a way that's like honoring and all that. Yeah. And to your first point, it's like get into a space where I fear the Lord so much in a good way that I just don't want to let him down. Yeah. And not that I'm holding him up or that he needs me, but I just don't want like I don't want to disappoint him. Yeah. I want to do not even I don't want to live trying not to disappoint him. I just want to live always trying to please him. Yeah. And so it's like, I don't want to only focus on, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't do this, because then I develop a sin conscious. And whatever you give your attention to is what has access to you, thoughts included. Whatever you behold, you become. And so if I'm thinking about not doing something, you know, when I was in high school, before I met the Lord, it was like, oh, I'm... I'm you know, living a sinful life, hollering at all the baddies. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like going to their houses, inviting them over when my parents at home, sneaking in homes, doing all kinds of stuff. And then when I got saved, all I thought about was I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't yeah. do that. Don't do that. And so obviously I'm thinking about it all the time. Yeah. So I'm going to go do it even exactly. though I'm trying not to. I'm focusing in on it though. Yeah. So then when I finally switched my mind to like, what is all the things that I can do that the Lord wants me to do. Exactly. And I'm focusing on all just the goodness of God. Man, I get to love on people. I get to encourage people. I get to compliment people. I get to see some, I get to see a shoddy that's bad. Exactly. And in an honoring way, be like, man, you look amazing today. And yeah. I'm so glad I got to encounter you. Yeah. God's, you could be, you could walk up and be like, hey, I was just, Look, see, I just saw you and I was just admiring how perfect God's creation is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I don't think there's anything wrong with complimenting people yeah. in an innocent and honoring way. And if you're in a dating, you know, mindset and pathway, there's a way to do that and to like pursue that. But yeah, focusing on all the stuff God wants us and allows us to do. And all these things shall be added unto you. Facts. Like, yeah, you the know? first. Absolutely. So... Yeah, yeah, bro. This was such a W podcast for real, bro. I appreciate you. Thank you for coming on this late at night. It is like twelve twenty right now, twelve nineteen. Hey, y'all, make sure you go watch the vlog. Watch the other podcast. This was fire. Go follow Chi 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 one eight one three. That's right on Instagram. Go follow him up. Like, subscribe. Drop a hate comment if you need to. <laughs> um, you atheists out there, drop one if you need to, bruh, because it's good for the algorithm. So we're going to run it up. Appreciate y'all. Let's get it.